Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. You guys want to let the spirit flow? We'll sing that again later. Now that everyone knows the words. Thank you, Jesus. Delight yourselves in the Lord. Heaven's a 24-7 open bar, which is your open heavens. You drink your way higher. I saw, proceeding from the throne of God in the Lamb of River, that we all need to drink. The soul needs to drink. The brain needs to drink. Our souls must decrease, and the river must increase. All demonic influence is simply soul upon your own spirit. Drinking is your deliverance. I know firsthand he's been using drinking the river in my life for personal deliverance for the last 23 years every day. It works. It's shocking. And so as long as you stay drinking, you'll overcome anything. You get out of the river, you just won't. So we thank you, Father, for a people that know how to drink the river and cleanse their souls. Cleansing's not a one-time deal. I tell you the truth, forgiveness of sins is not once. It's constant. That's why salvation's not once. Salvation is constant. It's a continuous washing. You washed in the blood once, guess what happens? The air will encroach on you and the prince of the power of the air. But if you're washed constantly, no air can seize your mind. No dry place, no demon, no lie, no antagonism against the Spirit of God, just to rest in heaven's best. Let the glory be your test. Refined in fire to wear the golden attire to fly ever higher in the fire of his golden love under the wings of the white dove. Thank you, Father, for it. The nature that is our promised land is the nature of the white dove. The transformation of your soul is the constant changing of your nature. Now your spirit has Christ in it, but it has to go all the way up through the heart, which is time travel. There's 6,000 years in there. Your bloodlines have all the record of Adam and Eve to your present condition in them, every single one of you. So there's a time travel of the spirit that's in eternity. You know the spirit's in eternity because when it comes out of body, it goes right back to eternity because that's where it's always been. The spirit's born again, seated in Christ in heavenly places. The issue is, can you take your heart and brain into those heavenly places? That's your entire mission after you're born again. 
is to take your heart and mind with you into the heavenly glory and the demons don't want you to go so they'll put hooks in your heart they'll put hooks in your brain all kinds of connections external things lust pride religion sorcery murder anger rage all these things are being dealt with today in our souls in this place idolatry is a false mirror remember idolatry is a golden mirror it's it's the best gold they melted it down and they turned it into a mirror to be a reflection of their own soul's divinity idolatry is false divinity it is the greatest deception of all time especially when you start to get into the glory because there's only one mirror it's the crystal sea and it rises in a baptism still today against the golden calf of our own heart and our own mind and our senses and our perception how we see jesus says was flawed you see through specks and planks it's going to take new vision to see by my spirit it's going to take a new creation whose eyes are going to have to walk by faith and not by sight for a while to release the river to cleanse the heart and to cleanse the mind to see accurately you know what accurate vision is i learned this a long time ago the spirit told me accurate vision is seeing the potential only and not the current condition actual seeing in the glory is seeing potential otherwise god would never have saved any of us because we're a mess but god doesn't see the mess he sees the potential of the spirit underneath all the mess knowing that his ability is enough to raise the dead what's the dead the mess on top of the spirit it's the soul on top of the spirit it's the brain on top of the spirit this is the wide path of destruction this is the narrow way few find it which means few find their own spirit if you find your own spirit you found the narrow way now the, your whole rest of your life god inside minded will be developing your eternal spirit you'll never labor in vain again you'll do stuff in the temporal realm because you have a body it doesn't mean that you just neglect the temporal realm a greater wisdom for managing the temporal realm manifests from God's spirit in your stomach and it'll just burn up all the madness it'll burn up all the foolishness and he's burning up today loose angel armies in this place to burn it up burn up our hearts burn up our minds the altar is a daily burning you know the Old Testament the altars only worked six days a week how many all know the New Testament the altars work in seven days a week Jesus Christ said my father always works that the fire on the altar is constant in the New Testament there's not any time off there's no break you know rest is the burning on the altar eternity is taking your temporal and burning it in the Holy Ghost Holy Ghost burn the temporal in this place burn the heart through the face remove everything that doesn't pass the test of fire believers rewards are tested in fire if you want a greater reward you get a greater test a greater fire and you have to be willing to let it burn otherwise you'll walk away from God in your own self-righteousness our self-righteousness 
Our religious Christian ideas about what is good is the number one enemy of the Spirit actually growing in grace. It's these ideas, our opinions, our vision, our madness, our lack of love. You know, love is a supernatural impartation. No human being can love. A human being can channel love because God is love and the river is love without measure. So anybody can tap into it just by breathing and believing that God exists. God's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him and you must believe that God exists. You must believe that the river of life is here. The river is here. Closer than the air you breathe. The river is holding together your eternal spirit. That's why he'll never leave you and forsake you. Because it's the salvation constantly materialized in the new creature. The new creature is just as invisible as God is. That's where faith comes in. Because the brain, when it's unrenewed and not conquered by the spirit and the word, doesn't see its own spirit. The main goal here to mature everyone in Christ is you finding your spirit in your own belly. Until you do, it's going to be a mixture of bewitchment. It's going to be witchcraft. And does God save you? I mean, that's what the daily burning is. The animal has an anointing of witchcraft, but those whom God has sent, he has given his spirit without measure, which means the spirit part of you has the anointing without measure to break every enslaving yoke of selfishness, which is soulishness, off of your spirit for the new creature to come out of the cocoon. Remember, any creature in the realm of the natural, first in the natural, then in the spiritual, that stays in the cocoon dies. If a chick stays in the shell, it dies and never becomes a chicken. If the worm stays in the cocoon and doesn't come out to be a butterfly, it dies in just four days. It'll die. If you stay in the cocoon of your soul, you will most certainly die even if you believe in Jesus. Even if you obeyed him the best you can your whole life. It's not enough to believe. There has to be revelation and there has to be a breaking out of the shell of your own heart. You have to come out of your heart. The first thing Jesus did in his resurrection was load his disciples' spirits with revelation to break out of the shell, knowing that his kingdom can't advance by flesh, and if the spirit is underneath the heart, the kingdom is quenched. So on the road to Emmaus, two of the 72 walked with Jesus, and their hearts were burning as he illuminated the scriptures, walking with him along the way. He had to tear off the flap, the circumcision skin, off of the spirit. In the New Covenant, circumcision is not on the outside, it's in the heart. There's female circumcision, male circumcision, all the same. Your human heart has to come off your divine spirit. Otherwise, the kingdom can't advance in you. No matter how much knowledge about God you get in your brain, it won't be any good. Only knowledge written by the Spirit Himself upon the Spirit has any working power in it. Jesus Christ said your words will be your judges. So there's the words on the outside that are judging you. It's the religious spirit. Or I don't know if I'm adequate. Adequacy is an issue 
when you're under a religious word, which is a witchcraft scroll of Satan and his angels working Christianity on the outside. It's sorcery. Sorcery, in its purest form, is Christianity of the eyes. Truth in that. Now, Christianity, in its purest form, is of the river. And the eyes come later. Later on, you'll understand understanding is associated with seeing, which means there has to be a learning to live in the invisible dimension for a while, sacrificing the senses in order to be a faithful disciple to Jesus Christ. Faithfulness was tested by who had faith in the invisible when their senses couldn't perceive it when their senses couldn't understand it. Your senses are what leads you astray, but if you have faith, your senses don't matter. A mature Christian will always doubt their senses. False Christians believe their senses is the gift of discernment. That's why they're always wrong. That's why they always judge unrighteously, because they're judging out of the beast. It's beast discernment. They can discern that's not the beast, and so they condemn it as the devil in self-righteousness. That's what plank and speckitis is. It's a disease. It's a disease of unrighteous judgment. It's a disease of accuser of the brethren down syndrome because it keeps you down, acting like a clown, always ending up with the frown. It's always others that are the fault. We need to build up people while they're in a devastated state. I learned this in Teen Challenge two years. The biggest messes you ever seen in your whole life. Half these people coming in high on heroin, relapsing, just a mess. I mean, just sin everywhere, just nonsense. Then you have the false religion to try to people please, to brown nose your way up in the program. You'd seen it all. Every form of, of sin imaginable. And I saw there the Spirit, unconditional love manifested by the Spirit of God. This is what we need to walk in. You know, one thing we're pioneering, if we're pioneering anything, it's unconditional love. Amen. Hallelujah. And people, you just feel people in the heart say, yeah, you need to pioneer it. You don't have very much of it. Pioneer in sonship and revelation. What is revelation without love? A resounding gong. We need the resounding bong. Drinking holy water, smoking holy smoke. If you're high, it gets a lot easier. If you're not high, it becomes an effort. The impartation of God's grace is actually a substance of energy. I mean, you get energized, so it's an upper. He gives your spirit an upper. And when it hits the flesh, it's often a downer and you get knocked out. Then the angels can do some surgery and upgrade you. We got to give them something to work with. How many of y'all know they can't work with you if you're not willing? There has to be a willingness. Your part in transformation is staying open, willing, and teachable clay in the potter's hand. The angels and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God will do all of it. They'll increase your hunger to want to read the Word. They'll increase your desire for fellowship amongst believers. You'll be led by desire and passion for an increase of God's divinity. And that hunger, Jesus Christ said, is what will lead you. 
if you hunger and thirst, then you get answers. You get fed. So the hungry and the thirsty only get the more. The ones that get satisfied on the junk food of the external realm, they never get more of God. They get satisfied. It's called complacent satisfaction. It's Esau settling for a bowl of soup and whatever thing in the natural realm could satisfy your soul that's not the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit always will lead you in more. Even if you know God face to face upon His throne and you're constantly translated and you know how to leave your body, there will be progress in your human DNA. Even what you bring down from a, a place of knowing how to ascend and descend in the river of life. Because you've ascended, now you descend and you bring all of that from ascension in the descension into the earth, into this territorial plane. The natural realm is going to get drowned by people that are a constant connection to the heavenly realm through their spirit, by the river, and your elevation is based on believing the word in the river. How do you ascend in the river? Believe that higher word. You've seen it a hundred thousand times. People will walk with God until they hear something that they just can't believe anymore. And then they just leave the river and it's like, that's too crazy. Looking like you're 20 at 800 years old. I'm, I'm done. I'm going back to church. I'm going to college to learn how to study math. And we get back into Babylon. They hang their harps on a willow tree and they start singing for the enemy. But if you can just stay like a child, which means I don't really know. And I, the evidence that you're in the river is when the most insane things from God seem reasonable. And you have a reward for it. And the prophets, the thing about it is the prophets said these things in their generations and a lot of them didn't happen. It doesn't make them false prophets. It makes them faith prophets. One thing people don't understand is if, if it doesn't happen right away, it's not God. I mean, then there'd be no prophet in the Bible. Almost no prophecy happened right away. Many of them didn't happen in their lifetimes. It still makes it accurate prophecy because the Word is eternal and the Word's gone forth and the Word's working. If you're looking at the flesh and say, well, the flesh had a part in this and the flesh disappears, the Word's still working. You need to look at the Word. You got your eyes on the wrong dimension. If your eyes are fixed on Jesus, how is Jesus present? The Word of God. Mixed with your spirit is how you're manifesting Jesus. It's how you're speeding His coming. It's how you're birthing the Son of God in power. Every time you open your mouth, you bring a coming of the Lord. What's come, Holy Spirit? Speak the Word out of your spirit, because out of your belly flows rivers, and the Spirit and the Word manifest outside your face. As it is written, the sword of the Lord was a sword before my face. Which means you protect yourself and you guard yourself with the Word, not with anything else. Everything else is hardness of heart. There's a, there is scales. The Bible calls them scales. I've been so wounded, you don't know my past Holy Spirit does. He doesn't think that's a good enough excuse. He thinks that he wants to be your guard, your rear guard, your front guard, above guard, below guard, no matter what man, woman, or demon has done to you. 
that the spirit will heal you and be a guard as a sword before your face, which is your mind knowing the word in the spirit. What makes the sword before your face? This is what every soldier needs to start walking in. The sword of the Lord before their very eyes. So when you're speaking, it's iron sharpening iron. You're looking at the sword of the Lord going forth and circumcising hearts, circumcising minds, dealing with demons, dealing with darkness, whatever needs to be dealt with as ambassadors of Christ with God's divine ability in your spirit. Speak the word and it shall be established. Declare the things that are not and they shall come into being. It is the sword of the spirit before your face that is your royal power. You have royal power. What is royal dignity? Kingly sonship, Hebrews. Royal dignity, kingly sonship is the ability to use the word as a sword before your face to keep the kingdom dominion in this temple and in the realm of the peace of your mind. And if you don't have it, you haven't learned how to talk yet. So scripture says, teach us how to talk, Lord. Some people call it prayer, but it's talking. Teach us how to communicate from our spirit so that all of our words are laced with the presence and the power of God that create an atmosphere around my head where there's nothing from the realm of the dead. Only the living. God is the God of the living. And you live in that living realm by faith working in your spirit. Only believe and you shall see the glory of God. What does that mean? That faith in the word materializes and gels, solidifies your spirit to be real before your natural eyes. And you begin to crucify your natural senses at this point of maturity where the natural man goes into the glory man you have two natures you have a human body and a new creature every christian on the planet does the new creature has to consume from the inside out the old earthly body the adamic body that you got from your mom if it doesn't guarantee death that's how you die because you stay in the cocoon we're going to eat through the cocoon. We're going to choose the words that devour this carnal body, which is actually loving the body, taking care of the body, and bringing the body back into the original design of the Garden of Eden, where it could live a billion years. You know, Adam and Eve, they lived, I know they lived, billions of years before they came out of the glory. I'm certain of it. They lived in eternity, but you can measure some eternity. You can look at it and see how much time passed. We look at the earth, we measure the earth, and people have all these different theories about that. But I know they lived in eternity because the Bible says it. They lived in perfect glory, that there was no aging in Eden. In fact, their spirit was so strong, fueling their body, that they weren't even aware of their flesh nature that was inside of their Christian Christ nature, which was their glory nature, their light being. They would see themselves as beings of light. They saw themselves in their true eternal form. But when they gave way to eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which was feeding the knowledge of the flesh that was inside their spirit, their flesh became bigger than their spirit. And now all we can see in the fall is our natural man. And so we're reversing the curse, going back into the Garden of Eden, feeding our spirit, devouring our flesh, 
and there will be a wrestling. You'll deal with all kinds of stuff that wants to make your flesh important. That wants to build up and puff up the flesh. What does the Bible say? Pride puffs up. But the Spirit builds up. Two kingdoms working in you. And without the cross, your flesh will get puffed up even if your spirit grows in revelation and in glory. You grow in the glory in your spirit, but don't have the cross, you become the biggest witches and warlocks ever. Because it's like you have the glory, but it's all flesh on the outside. And it's called pride, the hardest thing to see after you come into the glory. So you have to carry your cross in the glory, otherwise, even in the glory, you'll lose your mind and still follow the fallen angels. It's a narrow path. What does uh, Rick Joyner say in the final quest? In this life, you can fall from any stage on the mountain. You know how you don't fall? The Word and the cross. And if you understand the Word as your cross, you can get into the wild glory. You can get out of control in the glory. You can get constant in the glory, consistent in the glory. You get wise in the glory. You can get rich in the glory. He's given you the, co the covenant to make wealth. You don't have to stay poor anymore. Hallelujah. Good news. Good news. You can break through in the marketplace. You can do great exploits. You can conquer the natural realm. You don't have to be lazy. You don't have to be religious. You don't have to be in the knowledge of good and evil. Or spirit, good, money, evil. You know, a lot of people believe that heresy. And that's why they're poor and broken, all messed up, and just never have anything together. Because they believe money is evil. Money's not evil. Jesus had so much money, he could build, he could buy food for 80,000 people in one meal. <laughs> 10,000 people, not counting women and children, probably 60, 80,000 people. And the disciples said, Should we go and buy food for all of them? They had enough money to feed 80,000 people. He had enough money to, for, to pay for a whole army like the U.S. military. That's a trillion dollar spending budget in your U.S. government. Jesus had enough money to pay for military costs. He had a treasurer. I'm telling you guys, we have ideas that just don't exist in reality about God and His kingdom, and they need to die in us because we need to conquer the natural as spiritual. We need to go after the natural as spiritual, and it's not, we're not doing it the old-fashioned way. We're doing it a new way. We're doing it with the river. It's never been done before. We're doing it with the spirit and the spirit's abilities for the workers at the end of the age are angels. If the soul part of you and the flesh part of you are working, you just don't have enough revelation yet for the spirit, the angel part of you to be the worker at the end of the age. And it's not okay. It's sin. God has tolerated sin. That's why it's called the dispensation of grace or the age of grace because during that age called the church age all we knew was living out of the soul and living out of the flesh and applying Christianity to it perishing every generation for lack of knowledge every generation since since Adam has died with just a couple men and women throughout time that haven't died but everyone has died and the promise of the knowledge of the glory is the overcoming of the last cur curse to be swallowed up in victory, death. And it will be swallowed up. And you're going to get the revelation to swallow it up in your heart and mind. And everything will contradict it on the outside. Doubt and unbelief will seep in. You'll be surrounded by unbelievers. He prepares the feast table in the presence of enemies. So you just keep feasting, which is building up your spirit. What is an enemy? An enemy is anything that speaks into the soul. The soul and not the spirit. Surrounded by enemies with soulish wisdom, which is the devil's influence on believers. 
You have to build up your spirit to a place where it's tested with fire when the word comes out of the mouth. Because it'll come from your kids, it'll come from your spouses, it'll definitely come from your parents, it'll come from everyone in your family, it'll definitely come from your church. If you start pressing into the glory, the pastor will want to meet with you. Because I'm telling you, we haven't known up until this time anything but heart Christianity. We believe the scriptures about the spirit, but we have not in any generation corporately yet walked in it. That's the generation of the bride of Christ, because Christ is where? In your spirit, Colossians 1.27. We have not understood the pathway into the center of our spirit to know God on the inside clearly and to be carried by his very throne on the inside. Old covenant, they carried the ark on the outside. New covenant, you're already carrying the ark on the inside. Now it's just illuminating your mind to that truth called the new covenant. A perfect covenant can only exist if God got all of his deity in your bodily form. If he didn't get all of his deity in bodily form, the new covenant is not a perfect covenant and we need a further sacrifice. And that's the unbelief when the Christian provides out of their own soul a further sacrifice. That's what bewitchment is. So repenting from all further sacrifices, honoring the Lamb of God, and going into our heart, which causes you to deal with all your own heart, all your own sin. And that's when it gets real. That's when you learn how to love. If you haven't learned how to love, it's simply because you haven't dealt with your own heart. This is the place where I need so much love and grace and mercy from Jesus Christ every day to deal with my Adamic nature and this human bloodline, this natural existence, that I can easily overflow what I've applied to my own heart to walk with Christ accurately with others, knowing what it takes. If you don't know what it takes to be judgmental and critical, because you're, you believe your heart is good. Completely contrary to scripture, you don't have a good heart. You have a heart that you have to break through. The morning star must rise in your heart because your heart is not okay. Second Peter 1.19, if you were okay, the morning star wouldn't need to rise in your heart. You say your heart's fine. No need for rising, no need for changing. But the Bible says the only way for day to dawn and the divine nature to come out in the conquering of death as if it rises in the flesh and blood of your heart. And this little back bag of blood that's, you know, six inches wide or whatever, you look at it and it's just, you think, oh, it's nothing. It's just an animal heart. What's written in there is every word and belief system in the DNA since Adam. You're dealing with the entire curse of the fall and the ones that deal with the entire curse of the fall of all past, present, and future in their own heart are the only ones that ever overcome the world. So you, even though you're doing it individually, it has huge consequences globally because everyone has the same genealogy. You only have 47th cousins down here right now. You take an African and an Asian, or an Anglo-Saxon, the furthest distant DNA in flesh and blood heart you can get as a human being is 47th cousins. So a lot of you are married to your cousin. Woo. So you might want to repent of incest. <laughs> no, there's no other way. That's grace abounding. Amen.
That's why it wasn't even a sin. And look at the Old Testament. It wasn't a sin. They had they had to marry their sister because that's all that existed on the planet. Now you have to marry your cousin. You're not that far removed. It's funny, but it's the truth, anyhow. I guarantee. You know, they did a, a DNA test with Barack Obama and George W. Bush Jr. And they, the DNA showed that they were 14th cousins. Wow. One's black and one's white, but they're f only 14th cousins separated. Isn't that wild? Yeah. True story. <laughs> so you'd be surprised what you're related to. Everything. You're related to everything. You're, your DNA in God's original design is in everything. It's in every. And so the changing of your heart is the discipleship of the world. The piercing of your heart with your spirit, that's why we're so adamant on lay hands on your belly, because there's no chance of changing anything except your spirit with the sword of the word piercing your own heart. You know, it's basically like you got your own little voodoo doll in there. And if you put a needle through it, something somewhere else gets touched. And that's exactly how it is. And if you keep piercing it with needles of the word of God and the river of life, You'll touch everything everywhere. Eventually, your heart will dissolve in your chest, just like Jesus Christ, the way of the Lord. What happened to his heart? Scientific fact, he died because his heart melted in his chest. Well, your heart's going to melt too in ecstasy in your chest. And we want to get you along the way in that process of melting your heart and piercing your heart. That's why you see all the mystics of old and that all of their figurines and paintings and statues and stuff that they have of them. And they're always slain with some kind of angelic spear or arrow through their physical heart. Because that's the only way the divine, here in spirit, comes into the natural realm and affects the brain. Amen? So you got built up in your heart a lot of times. Your spirit's built up. Now it's just release it through your heart. That's why I'll transfer all of the building of my spirit up through my heart and my face start to buzz just ferociously. I'll start to feel tingling all over. Why? Because it transfers. This is the gate to heaven. The human heart is the gate to heaven. The circumcision of the heart is how the river flows from heaven to earth. Because the heart is the conductor. We need a big conduction. I know we could do it individually, but we want to do it corporately. We want to we want a great number of people because we want it to be fun. It's not fun doing it alone. You can imagine how sorrowful Noah was. It was a, kind of a hor horrific, traumatic experience for him. He had to plant a vineyard and get drunk on alcohol afterwards because he was traumatized. <laughs> So, you're not doing it with just one guy and forcing your family into it. You know, like we've all tried to do. We're going to be volunteers. And it's going to be a willingness to go into the glory. Because it's going to be attractive when the Spirit and the Bride say, Come and drink through my crucified heart. Come and drink through my crucified mind. There will be such a gush, crystal clear and sparkling, that everything that has breath in the garden will be drawn to the glory. So Isaiah 60, which is for the great harvest of the end times, Arise and shine, your light has come in the glory of the Lord rises within you. And you're rising so that they can be drinking from putting the, Ill, the, will, the well of Israel 
up in a high place so everyone can see it and feel it and be drawn to it. If I be lifted up in you, I'll draw all people to myself to drink off of you. So what needs to happen is the cross rising in our hearts. In Jesus' name. I was getting blasted earlier to the scriptures and the one chapter that hit me the hardest was Philippians 2. And I had a prophetic word a long time ago that said, focus on Philippians 2. And we have, we've you know, read it hundreds of times, but today was fresh. It was fresh bread. Hear it in uh, the Passion Translation. Look at how much encouragement you found in your relationship with the Anointed One. You are filled to overflowing with His comforting love. You have experienced a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit. Mm. And have felt His tender affection and mercy. So I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity with one heart, one passion, and united in one love. Walk together with one harmonious purpose, and you will fill my heart with unbounded joy. Be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example of Jesus, the Anointed One that He has set before us. Let His mindset become your motivation. He existed in the form of God, yet He gave no thought to seizing equality with God as His supreme prize. Instead, He emptied Himself of His outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. Notice he didn't empty himself of his inward glory. That's how he did all the miracles. <laughs> Emptying our outward glory for inward glory. It's the melting down of idolatry. It's the melting down of the idol that is the false mirror of false divinity. I was seeing this golden mirror and the Lord said, this is what's melting down. This is what keeps people bewitched. You know, these magicians, these magical angels, they're angels of magic. They'll have you look into a mirror and see yourself godly in the soul realm when you're completely bewitched serving the angels of light that deceive. That's why it's so common everywhere. You have 200 million of these fallen angels having people looking into a false mirror. So they have a false assessment of their own hearts. But notice, when you, when you go deeper than your heart, you get the real mirror. And that's what we need to reflect. That's how we're going to help our bewitched brothers and sisters, which are the vast majority right now in Babylon the Great. Vast majority. The only thing we're pioneering is the overcoming of bewitchment. And once you do, the whole world is flooded with glory. And so it's just pioneering that in yourself, in your mind, until you're fully God inside-minded, revealing the true, accurate mirror. 
seeing dimly as a reflection in a mirror, then seeing face to face when we're more mature in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 13 says, what is that face to face? It's the true mirror of the crystal sea when you're completely baptized out of soul in spirit that you're only seeing by spirit eyes. Your senses are underwater, so your spirit rules your senses. You'll still have senses, but they'll be glorified and run by your spirit. You'll also have a lot of other senses and a lot of other abilities that are for the spirit that get activated when it rises in your heart and begins to conquer your brain. When your spirit comes into your brain, you'll have different abilities. You can smell sin. You can discern with your nose. You can hear the demons talking. You can hear the angels talking. Human ears can't hear that. Spirit ears through these physical ears can hear into the spirit everything going on in the spirit. The glorification of the temple is the spiritualizing of the body. What does it mean to baptize it in crystal sea? It means the whole thing is running on glory with a sentient spirit being now ruling it instead of a carnal mind. So the creature, the old creature is dead, the new creature, it's like a hermit crab. Your, your spirit's like a hermit crab and it puts itself in this shell, but it's just the shell. You know, you can change shells. <laughs> because the Bible says you will change shells. You'll put on a celestial body a different shell. So we just got to keep feeding the hermit inside of the shell. Until it's ready to change shells. It'll go clear. So all you see is the true substance of the living creature. And you'll still be in that shell for a while. This work is thorough. You know, Enoch, 365 years, how much time do you have? And if this is the path of Enoch, the path of transfiguration, there's only one path. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He, say, he put the path out in eternity past, and a man just walked down it. It's the same path. God created it. Enoch didn't create it. Enoch walked with God. God created the path. The key is walking with God in God's path. You know what it is? like we just read, becoming a better friend of the Holy Spirit every day. Knowing Him not in your soul, which is the additions of the human opinion, which is often demonic influence, and there'd be stuff growing in the soul that influences your hearing. People don't hear accurately, and they hurt themselves all the time. That's part of learning, is just failing and scuffing your knee. You're going to scuff your knee. Many times along the way, you're going to fall down, but then you're going to realize, I have to go deeper crucify that part of me that's hearing inaccurately put more of the word the word is the programming for the spirit it's like windows software and in order for the spirit to work accurately to work properly in this world it needs the software of the bible so you get it you're getting software upgrades the word never changes but how much your spirit is able to digest and shoot up an actual working ability through the brain changes every day that's why your perspective changes your ideas change your taste changes your body's changing according to what your spirit's eating so a lot of people will eat different words from different spirits and they put that in them and then they just change into gross darkness darkness on the land deep darkness on the people and they just practice deep darkness on their person but if you eat the word of god 
that is light, the Bible says the scripture is light to the spirit. And if you grow in the word, it'll be an ever increasing glory through the soul. And so the seven interior castles of the soul get illuminated with a different type of power. They've been running on coal. It's like coal power, coal technology. That's why it's black, yet lovely, because it's redeemable. You can cleanse it, you can wash coal and the stains of coal away. But the seven interior castles of every human soul that's ever lived has ran on something, some kind of light to animate the face, to animate the senses, to animate the eyes. It's a, you're a creature, and so a creature needs power to run on. We've run on coal power. All of that coal is getting removed. We're going to run on solar technology. Uh huh. The sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in his beams. Malachi says, so it's, it's the sun, S-O-N-R-S-U-N, running our hearts in the fusion power. Light that doesn't run out. Light that you don't have to keep adding stuff unto it to keep it burning. The light was started by God. The light is God and the light continues burning by God's power and by God's word. So the additions is just unbelief. And so we just go back into the light and realize how the word is working by its own power. The word is bright by its own power. And the brighter the word in your heart, the more illuminated your face, the more accurate your words, the more circumcised your heart, which is storing up wisdom where? Spirit transforming soul. The soul goes clear, but the clear is the silver, gold, and gemstone believer's rewards. Storing up treasures in heaven. Heaven is a place of clear glory. Streets of transparent glass, the Bible says. Transparent gold, the Bible says. That everything's transparent. The walls are made out of jasper. The color of God's glory, it is written. So everything is clear, but your spirit can see in the clarity color. So it's a clear color realm of glory, and that's what the glory is. The glory is clear colors. Fire colors that are clear that the ability of the fallen animal can't tap into. And since it's that part of you that can is deposited underneath the heart and the brain, the time of faith, the wilderness, that every believer has is getting the spirit through the heart and the brain to see in that clear color. And that's the manifestations of the sons of God. That their spirit is now constantly out of body. I don't need this shell. Like I'm always out of, out of body. Like Adam and Eve were always out of body, so out of body they didn't even know they had a body. Welcome to the Garden of Eden. Truth anyhow. When I'm in the body, that means I'm not built up I have not yet overcome areas of the devil, areas of the flesh, areas of sin. I'm still God's beloved, but I'm more than a conqueror dealing with this stuff inside the body. What is the key to the body? Jesus used his servant body to take our sins to the cross, killing it. What did he do with it? Crucified it. He did it physically. We do it prophetically by faith. And it manifests the same rewards of eternal life. The Holy Ghost is greater than our hearts. So if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts. And we say, well, guess what? It means that the soul is weaker than the spirit. 
There's seven levels of revelation every verse in the Bible, and more than that, because you just keep going into God forever. The word doesn't change, but your depth of being crucified in the word and experiencing the depth of the water and the gold and the oil and the wine in the word go deeper daily. The word's always the same. The word is the keys of the kingdom into all the realms of encountering God. You go in by believing the word. We've done it outwardly during the church age, and there's been a grace for that. Now, the final frontier in the promised land of true weos maturity is doing it inwardly, using the word to go into inside the eternal creature and develop the Garden of Eden in our hearts. Develop your garden. Eden's perfected. It's God's garden. But for it to be illuminated in your spirit, the place God walks. Adam walked with God in the coolness of the garden of Eden, it is written. And so can we every day by revelation. It's an invitation. Revelation is an invitation to continuous encounter in your spirit. Your spirit is a supernatural sign and wonder, the biggest one that, that, that exists, that exists. People, they say, well, we need signs and wonders. They want this external stuff. Hebrews seek signs and wonders. Greeks seek knowledge. The greatest sign and wonder that these bewitched people don't understand is the, the new creature. And putting your brain in there, you'll be in constant, continuous experiences in heaven. People seek angel feathers, gemstones, gold dust. They seek these things. They want these things. Those things are in your spirit. Those things will come out of your spirit and much more than that that you've never known. I'm telling you, where the previous generations in the charismatic church, our pioneers, our prophet and apostolic fathers and mothers that have come before us and why they haven't completed the journey and they did not. But God has loaded this generation to complete and finish the journey as the capstone generation is finding this realm inside of our spirit and living there. How about the Holy of Holies inside the temple? A temple that cannot be destroyed. A temple not built with human hands. Your body is that temple built with God's hands. And you decide what's inside this temple, the Holy of Holies, and it goes all the way to consume everything and the glory of God dawns right through your forehead and everything around you shifts into an eternal realm of glory that God has prepared for every one of you. God didn't create anyone to die. God created everyone to have eternal life. Death was man's idea in not walking with God anymore. That was never in the heart of God. The Bible says death was never in the heart of God. Negative things, problems, sexual morality, pain, suffering, poverty, sickness, disease, none of it was ever in the heart of God. It was in the heart of Adam and Eve, your parents, who fell from grace to walk with the fallen angels. And we've been cursed ever since. Now we're going back to the place where none of those curses exist. And that place is in the center of your body, your spirit. You don't need to go out here somewhere. You need to go in here somewhere. You need to go inward. Gian Guyan said there's no spiritual growth. There has never been spiritual growth except that which grows inward. Going deeper into Christ in me every day, which is a greater realization of the glory. And that's why we're constant and consistent in going from glory to glory. Because it's original design. 
going back, taking the flesh part of you, the temporal part of you, and submitting it to the eternal, immortal part of you that bears God's image, which is your spirit in your bellies, and letting it burn your faces off. Like Stephen with the glowing face, I can't tell what nationality is because of all the light on his face. He's of the glory kind. You gotta grow to a place where your face is of the glory kind. Your race that you fully identify with is of the Holy Spirit born again. Without any natural identification, male, female, Hebrew, Gentile, none of it, it all burns. The temporal has to go to zero. That's why John the Baptist, Old Testament prophet, I must decrease, which means the natural symbols have to decrease and the literal fulfillments have to increase. And they did in Jesus Christ because Jesus got out of the river right out of the, right after that. He was not in the natural river anymore. He was going around in the spiritual river. The natural symbolism ceased, which was John the Baptist, but Jesus met him where he was, in the same exact river, and carried the baton into the new covenant, into the spiritual river. And now that river is placed by Jesus Christ in your bellies, and you determine how deep you go in the living water, which is how deep you go in God. We're gonna go deeper. And we're gonna drown, and we're gonna die daily. People have a problem with dying daily. It's How about drowning in the living water daily? Should have no problem with that. You don't breathe the air of sin anymore. You don't breathe idolatry. You don't breathe the air of humanity. You breathe the living water. Your brain, the transformation of your mind, which heals you, is your brain learning how to breathe under living water. When the water comes up, it's invisible light, so it does take a while because it's an invisible realm. But it will be made visible to your brain. Your brain will start to feel it at first. You got a forest of dendrites on your brain. This forest will be set on fire. Your brain to get sensitive to the Holy Spirit. My heart and flesh cry out for the living God. When can I go and be with him? There's a discipleship where the mind is only attuned to one Holy Spirit, which is the river. Everything else is foreign and gross to me. Like, I don't even know what kind of weird Christianity you're into, but that's a different spirit. But when you're in the river, and it's the real river of life from the throne of the Lamb, you get attuned. Your brain is like a tuning fork, and my sheep hear my voice and they won't tolerate anything else. Well, how about my sheep will know my living water and they won't drink anything else? That's what happens. They won't drink from the cups of demons. They won't listen to the hirelings. Soulish Christianity will be like dog vomit in their ears and mouths. Dogs going back to vomit, we've said, oh, it must be smoking weed or it must be pornography and sin. No, dogs going back to vomit is that, but it's also going back into religion. It's going back into taking care of number one. Soulishness is vomit. You know, that's what vomit is. Vomit is the river of the human soul's ability apart from the river of life in Jesus Christ's ability. It's all vomit. That's why when prophets go into hell and see the counterfeit river of life, which is the river Nile of human bloodlines, which it's a, it's so smelly that you just want to gag and throw up. It's all the effort and the works of man's religion in one river. 
And it's so, it's like open sewage. You've heard of open heavens? This is open sewage called man's heart. And it's true. And people need to understand the river of the heart realm is the river of the red dragon. That's all the red dragon is, is man's heart. You evaporate, evaporate, circumcise, annihilate that realm in your chest cavity. The waters get clearer and clearer. Your eyes get brighter and brighter. Your mind starts to sparkle. You begin to understand the knowledge of the glory as the waters coming out of you begin to cover everything you see. And you begin to see accurately in the river of life. And this river understands the sewage of man's heart. It's not deceived by animal actions. Can you imagine if Noah's at the door be like, nope, only angels into the ark. Well, it wouldn't be earth. It'd be long gone. There'd be no food. Everyone dead. But he had grace that the animals could enter the ark and they were pooping, peeing, and it's a mess because they're animals. And he didn't just let clean animals in, guys. This is pretty crazy. Unclean animals were allowed entrance into the ark. It's a sign of future grace. And what comes out when you get covenanted, arced with God, a white dove. No, a black raven. Satan has to come out of you first, and most of you are still in that place of releasing the black raven. It will come out of you. As your heart burns, you're going to watch the enemy come out of you. There's shadows where people roll their eyes in the back of their head every day at Joel's bar. I mean, full-blown, full-blown demon possession in here. And I mean, it's just obvious, but at least you're making progress to get the black raven out of you for the white dove to release. Because you ain't getting the white dove unless you get rid of the black raven. And the problem is, is every single human being, no matter how Christian you think you are, has it in your human heart. And it will come out. It'll come out. All the pastors need deliverance. We all need so much deliverance. Deliverance is not just exorcisms and all that. It's deliverance from the human heart. And shadows will materialize of different types of things you haven't seen in traditional Pentecostal deliverance when you start dealing with these higher realms of overcoming death and overcoming ancient curses in the heart stuff of just fresh out of the Garden of Eden. This stuff will come out because when we fell, there was a demonic seal over those levels in the animal nature. So as you rise, those seals progressively open. Open the seven seals, well, they open, but they progressively in bandwidth open and you deal with different things that are set up at the seals in the heart as the spirit rises through the seven seals of the heart. The heart's the soul, so you have seven seals, seven interior castles of the soul. So, behold the Lion of the tribe of Judah, he opens them up, which means you're born again. (laughs) Now, you keep them open, putting seven blazing torches in them, and you go from glory to glory, which means the lights of those torches will burn in those seals, lest you get sealed up again, which has become seven times worse if you don't let the fire keep the seals open which is my soul now runs on the glory and I'm not getting into external witchcraft again. (laughs) To go back into sorcery, a lot of people do that. Now they're seven times worse. They get seven times more sealed in their hearts. That's what hardening your hearts unto death actually is. It's a seal in the angelic dimension and the demons can see who's sealed and who's unsealed. 
They can see who's expanding their seals, who's releasing a greater glory, who's going after it. On the outside, it's usually ugly because there's opposition and persecution, misunderstanding, all that from the animal kingdom of the natural minds. But in the angelic kingdom, there's no confusion about these things. It's clear as day because it's all being done in the spirit through the natural heart. And it'll be an ever-increasing glory through the natural heart until the seven blazing torches through your heart are of equal stature and firepower as they are before the Lamb of God. Because he's coming back to a bride equally yoked to him with spiritual ability. And the seven blazing torches are before the throne of the Lamb of God. And so they'll be before your heart as you manifest them through the seven seals of your heart. And you become an outpouring of the Holy Ghost, the seven spirits of God, the seven blazing torches. It's a whole different level of friendship with the Holy Ghost. Once you know him from Shakadandere Pentecostal, speaking in tongues, Holy Spirit, to seven torches in the seven seals, blazing in sonship, kingship, royal dignity, in a throne, in a crown. It's a totally different relationship with the Spirit of God. So we go when we're young in the Lord, it's much like a nanny. It's very, it's very young. But his form will change as your creature evolves by eating the Word of God. You don't know the Spirit of God the same today as you did when you were first baptized in the Holy Spirit. It, it's an evolving, progressive relationship. You barely knew at all. The Bible says it was a down payment of future blessing. The future blessing is knowing Him in a much greater way. We knew Him a little. We're going to know Him a lot. The Holy Spirit's all you need to completely perfect the new covenant, perfect the earth, perfect the sky, perfect the weather, overcome death. And we've had that spirit for 2,000 years. What's changed is man's relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's grown. And it is. It has evolved. It's matured. It's completely different than it was at the first. We didn't know him. We were fresh introduced to him. We thought he was an it and some kind of power. And maybe he's just added unto me so I can have a big ministry. Maybe he's added unto me to make me successful in the marketplace. Most people think of it as an external oil or something. Or just a dove sitting on your shoulder. But how about the very cylinders filled with fuel in the chambers of your heart, the existence of your being. So you see like a, a V6, look at a V7 right inside your heart and the cylinders are the seven spirits of God pumping that energy through your transformed heart. So I mean truly a manifest son is always a V7 because of the seven spirits of God it's written the word it'll never be eight, it'll always be seven. Because it's the fullness of the Holy Ghost perfecting man. It'll take us into an eighth day. It'll take us into all kinds of different realms. But God is perfect from the beginning. It's our changing and knowing Him that's evolving through humility. Just constantly humbling ourselves. Oh, I didn't know. You're so much greater, Holy Spirit. I pray for every person's heart and mind to just have a greater desire to know the Holy Spirit much more. Know Him as energy pumping through the heart like seven torches burning. 
You know him in your spirit, now know him and conquer in your heart and transforming your heart. Therefore, all of it will be transferred into your head. And when it comes out your head, last part of you that connects to the natural realm, that's what brings improvement to human life on earth. And that's what God is all about, saving the earth from death and the demons and all the poverty, all the sickness and disease, every horrible thing that human beings experience in the natural realm, we have been given enough revelation to fix it, but it's going to be fixed angelically and the soul and the brain are just going to be transformed by our spirit, knowing the Holy Spirit much more intimately, much more powerfully. When we're younger in the Lord, we know the Holy Spirit as a dove, as the ability to pray in tongues, as the ability to use the gifts of the Spirit. When we're older in the Lord, we know him as seven torches burning through the heart watching himself do the works as I'm enthroned in Christ. No longer a worker helping the Holy Spirit when I'm younger in the Lord. It's true. When you're more mature in the Lord, you're enthroned with him and the, the seven torches through your heart go forth and do all the works. Jesus has been doing all the works of his kingdom on earth for 2,000 years, but physically is never here. But the seven spirits of God through his heart are here, so he's actually doing it just in a more mature state of a, a greater relationship with the Holy Spirit that we can't comprehend yet. But he's, it's been Jesus doing all of it. On a throne next to his Father, his Spirit sent at Pentecost. Now his Spirit looking with seven eyes, seven horns, through the Lamb's head, which is his rulership of this world, by his spirit. And now we let his spirit change us on the inside, lift us up on the outside and the inside, and begin to manifest the same type of person that he is that's able to do that. That's sonship. And you'll be here. He'll lift you up. Will your body be in the third heaven? I, I believe your body will be on earth. I believe your spirit's already in the third heaven. Whether you're lifted up, whether your body goes into the second heaven or third heaven, I believe in the future, all the limitations will come off through the glorification of the glory of God in the heart and in the mind and in the bones. That's your permission to flow in the river to different realms faster than the speed of light. The river is light, but it's creator light, uncreated light. And all other light is created light. So created light has a dampening system and limitations to movement. Uncreated light has no limitations to time, speed, or movement. It's faster than the speed of thought. And so the more you're renewed, the faster you'll flow in the river doing things all over angelically without your body. And when you wake up, there's the rewards. That's why it's written, I provide for them even while they sleep. Because your spirit's always doing works. Your spirit never has slept your whole life. Your spirit can't sleep because it bears God's image. Our God never sleeps, it is written. Your spirit is working with God and the closer you get to God, the more your spirit's working and it's adding unto your soul, your undeserving soul, your undeserving brain, your undeserving body, your undeserving natural house, a greater glory like Obed-Edom every day. They found the ark because his house was so blessed. You found the ark and your house will be blessed. Where's the ark? In your belly. The ark and the mercy seats in your belly and you're gonna experience it when you believe the word might just be a trickle, might just be a faint idea in the back of your brain. That's a great idea, Brandon. I wish that were true. I want to feel that. 
Just even opening yourself up to the possibility of experiencing a deeper realm in God and being open and available. I realize a lot of the stuff is far out there. But we started out really far out. I started out fried in throne room glory 23 years ago, and it's been far out ever since. He wasn't interested in the shallow waters in any part of my life. He wanted to train me in the deep things of God from birth, and I've always been trained in it. And the shallow ones just persecute us, but we're going to drown them. And they're going to be thankful afterwards. At first you don't understand, later on you'll understand, Jesus said. So there's always a scapegoat. There's always the apostolic and the prophetic that are scapegoats for every generation of believers that go deeper than the status quo. And that's what you are called to do as the vanguard of Joel's army. Go into a deeper place in the spirit, pioneering God inside mindedness, pioneering and glorifying the temple of the Holy Spirit. Getting rid of all the bewitchment in yourself so when you communicate with others, because they'll come to the rising of your brightness. It'll first be your skeptical family members and friends and church people. They'll be the first ones. And if you're consistent in the God inside mindedness and can burn through the opposition like Job, what you get the double portion. But it's beyond double. If a thief be caught stealing, he must repay seven times. Which is all the curses that have come upon man on earth since the fall of Adam about 6,000 years ago, that's what's being restored. The economy will be restored to the righteous. Education, all seven mountains, there are seven mountains, but they're ruled by metal heads, metal mountains. They're ruled by carnal minds. They're ruled by intellectual intelligence, which is as fallen angel and satanic as it gets. They're ruled by IQ. IQ is diabolical. We need to be ruled by SQ, spiritual intelligence. That is the mind of Christ and the redemption of the seven mountains that all humanity is subject to while they're still animals. So the animals ascend those mountains through whatever it takes. Dog eat dog world. Whatever it takes to get ahead, maybe going to school. You know, maybe working hard, but it's still an activity and an energy of the flesh. It's not always just killing people to get ahead. That's actually rare. It's mostly just being a good human being and working really hard in your human nature to get ahead. You're working 80-hour work weeks to establish your, your own business and make it a Fortune 500 business and go public on the stock market and become a billionaire. That person worked 90 hours a week for the last 20 years. Listen, but it's still seven mountains and the work and the effort of the animal it'll still be drowned. That's why people that work harder in the natural oppose those that believe harder in grace. Because it's God's divine energy that comes in. The ones that have tried harder in the natural are the biggest ones that oppose those that just get it by grace. That's why people are so messed up because they thought, I certainly deserve it and have earned it by how hard I've tried. And they manifest that grace and Jesus is their enemy. Yeah, the soul is the enemy of the spirit until the soul is slain by revelation knowing that God is greater than our hearts and then a constant crucifying of our hearts into God's greatness thank you Jesus thank you for being greater than our hearts thank you for crucifying our lives as big farts yeah. <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. He humbled himself, became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and obedient. He was a perfect example, even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion. Whoa, Shaba. Because of that obedience, God exalted him, multiplying his greatness. He has now been given the greatness of all memes. No, names. Just seeing who's awake out there. Well done, my good and faithful memer. There's a breaker in 19 on funny memes, I tell you. It gets me every day. Our Father who art in heaven, give us our daily meme. Amen. The authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence. Everything and everyone will one day submit to this name in the heavenly realm, in the earthly realm, and in the demonic realm. Okay, all right. Just checking. <laughs> and every tongue will proclaim in every language, Jesus Christ is Lord Yahweh, bringing glory and honor to God, His Father. My beloved ones, just like you've always listened to everything I've taught you in the past, I'm asking you now to keep following my instructions as though I were right there with you. Now, you must continue to make this new life fully manifested as you live in the holy awe of God. You make the new life fully manifested. Isn't that well? It's like manifest your spirit. Fully manifested in the holy awe of God, which brings you trembling into his presence. God will continually revitalize you, implanting within you the passion to do what pleases him. Live a cheerful life without complaining or division among yourselves. For then you'll be seen as innocent, faultless, and pure children of God, even though you live in the midst of a brutal and perverse culture. You will appear among them as shining lights. Woo! Offering them. So when you appear as shining lights, notice this is cool, I've never seen this before. You're in a perverse culture, we all know that. But you are going to appear as shining lights because of your faith. As shining lights, you are to offer them the words of eternal life. You share with them the same words that made your spirit glow. That's what you speak every day. That's learning how to talk. That's the only thing that should ever come out of our mouths are the words that make their spirit shining lights like our spirit. Amen. I haven't labored among you for nothing, for your lives are the fruit of my ministry and will be my glorious boast at the unveiling of Christ. But I will rejoice if my life is poured out like a liquid offering. Glory. Paul became the cup of the new covenant that they drunk. 
And so are we. We are the cup of the new covenant that everyone around us drinks. A liquid offering to God over your sacrificial and surrendered lives of faith. And so no matter what happens to me, you should rejoice in ecstatic celebration with me. Yet I'm trusting in our Lord Jesus that I may send Timothy to you soon so I can be refreshed when I find out how you're doing. Timothy is like no other. He carries the same passion for your welfare that I carry in my heart. For it seems as though everyone else is busy seeking what is best for themselves instead of the things that are most important to our Lord Jesus Christ. You already know about his excellent reputation since he has served alongside me as a loyal son in the work of ministry. After I see what transpires with me, he's the one I will send to you to bless you, and I'm trusting in my Lord to return to you in due time. But for now, I feel a stirring in my heart to send Epaphroditus back to you immediately. He's a friend to me and a wonderful brother and fellow soldier who has worked with me as we serve as ministers of the gospel. And you sent him as your apostle to minister to me in my need. But now he is grieved to know that you found out he had been sick. So he longs to return and comfort you in this. It's true, he almost died. But God showed him mercy and healed him. And I'm so thankful to God for his healing. So I was spared from having the sorrow of losing him on top of all my other troubles. So you can see why I'm delighted to send him to you now. I know that you're anxious to see him and rejoice in his healing, and it encourages me to know how happy you'll be to have him back. So warmly welcome him home in the Lord with joyous love and esteem him highly, for people like him deserve it. Because of me, he put his life on the line, despising the danger, so that he could provide for me with what you couldn't, since you were so far away. And he did it all because of his ministry for Christ. My beloved ones, don't ever limit your joy or fail to rejoice in the wonderful experience of knowing our Lord Jesus. I don't mind repeating what I've already written to you because it protects you. Beware of those religious hypocrites who teach that you should be circumcised to please God. For we are already experienced, we have already experienced heart circumcision. And we worship God in the power and freedom of the Holy Spirit, not in laws, not in religious duties. We are those who boast in what Jesus Christ has done and not in what we can accomplish in our own strength. It's true that I once relied on all that I had become. I had a reason to boast and impress people with my accomplishments more than others for my pedigree was impeccable. But I was born a true Hebrew of the heritage of Israel as the son of a Jewish man from the tribe of Benjamin. I was circumcised eight days after my birth and was raised in the strict tradition of Orthodox Judaism, living a separated and devout life as a Pharisee. And concerning the righteousness of the Torah, no one surpassed me. I was without a peer. Furthermore, as a fiery defender of the truth, I persecuted the Messianic believers with religious zeal. Yet all of the accomplishments that were once I took credit for, I've forsaken them and regarded all as nothing compared to the delight of experiencing Jesus Christ as my Lord. 
to truly know him meant letting go of everything from my past. To truly know him meant letting go of everything from your past. Let go. And throwing all my boasting on the garbage heap. It's all like a pile of manure to me now. So that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus Christ and embrace him as Lord in all of his greatness. My passion is to be consumed with him and not clinging to my own righteousness based on my keeping the written law. My righteousness will be his based on the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, the very righteousness that comes from God. And I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus more fully and to experience the overflowing power of his resurrection working within me. I will be one with him in his sufferings, and I will be one with him in his death. Only then will I be able to experience complete oneness with him in his resurrection from the realm of the dead. I admit that I haven't yet accomplished or acquired this absolute fullness that I'm pursuing, but I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. Heavenly Father, I pray that everyone here and everyone listening and watching in the recording or live would forget all of their past and be given a new bright future imparted into their spirit, cleansed upon their heart and mind, and the path would be before them and there'd be a vision for it to walk into with clarity. And the confusion is gone and all of the clarity of the river has come and baptized their souls to now walk on living water. In Jesus' name, I thank you, Holy Ghost, for glorifying their spirits, for each one becoming a closer friend to you, Holy Ghost, every day in every way. We thank you, Holy Ghost, for finding all of your pleasure in our hearts. Areas where we've grieved, quenched, and resisted you, we just yield to you now to be washed and take it away with your angel armies, your deliverance angels working in our souls. Take away everything that causes offense and every stumbling block, all the tears and the seeds of the enemy that have been growing in our spirit, soul, mind, and strength. And let only good fruitfulness come forth from our spirit, 30, 60, and a hundredfold. From now on, by the power of the Holy Spirit, for the glory of the name of Jesus Christ written on our foreheads. Amen. Glory. If you guys want to give an offering, click the links in the description, and we'll see you tomorrow. Amen. Glory. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha.